So this is just an illustration. Sometimes I look up a story, but just to kind of get our minds, this is going to come out of Mark chapter 12. If you want to turn to Mark chapter 12, I just want to open up with a story, a parable, to kind of look at how in this time the house of the Lord was being respected. And how the corruption and the evilness was happening within the house of the Lord. I got my glasses today. I can read. (laughs) All right. So the parable of the wicked vine dressers. Then he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it. Dug a place for the vine, wine vat and built a tower and he leased it to the vine dressers and went into a far country. Now at vintage time, he sent a servant to the wine dressers that they might receive some of the fruit of the vineyard from the vine dressers. And they took him and beat him and sent him away empty handed. This is the house that God built. And again, he sent another servant. And at him, they threw stones, wounded him and in the head and sent him away shamefully treated. So those in the house of the Lord were making those that were coming to it feel shameful to receive his fruits. And again, he sent another and then they killed him and many others beating some and killing some. Therefore, still having one son, his beloved, he also sent him to them, last saying, They will respect my son. But those vine dressers said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard. Therefore, what will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the vine dressers and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read his scripture? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ. This was the Lord's doing, and it was a marvelous in our eyes. So when we look at this illustration... And you can take a seat. I'll, I'll get to the, the main scripture. I know you're, we're standing up. Um, we, we see that this house that God created was now becoming corrupt. And the temple was, the same thing was happening to God's temple. And that will now lead us into our, our main scripture. We'll come out of. Um, John, of course, I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture today, but I, I do have to tell you when, it, when, it, when I practiced this, practiced this and recorded it, it was only 28 minutes, so you'll be getting out of here pretty early today. But um, looking at our main scripture, which is, is going to come out, um, 2 John, verses uh, 13 through, I'll probably get through 20, which is going to be the meat of the message today. About, I would almost call it the second miracle. Because when we, when we look at the power of Jesus Christ, we first get a glimpse in this scripture. And sometimes 
we kind of overlook it because we don't see the, the magnitude of this. But in John chapter 2, the gospel of John, start in verse 13. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went into Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the main money changers doing business. When he made up a whip of cords, cords, he drove them out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for the house has eaten me up. So Jesus answered and said unto them, what sign do you show to us since you do these things? And Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. But the Jews said, it took 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he raised him from the dead, his disciples remembered that what he had said to them, and they believed in the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for the opportunity to come here today to be a vessel for you, Lord. Just speak through me. Let me hide behind that cross that, that today we could look at part two of this message of how important it is to raise our children to grow the kingdom of heaven. Lord, I just ask you, let these words just, just rest on all those that hear your words so that they could take them and apply it to their lives. And see your true power that's within this scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Part one, where I really want to start, is, is talking about the power of Jesus. And, and even when... When we hear the story and the mockery of Jesus, when they put that cross on his shoulder and he was carrying the cross up that mountain and they had that crown of thorns on his head, they mocked him like, if you're so powerful, then how can this really happen to you? And they even put on a sign that he was the king of Jews. But when we look at this scripture... And we look closely, and when I got to studying, I was amazed by, I would almost call this a miracle in its way. But anything that, that God does, of, of course, is through Jesus' power. Um, so in the first one, he creates this massive amount of wine. But in this one, he creates this cord, and he drives all these merchants out of the temple. And if we look at the temple, and I'm going, we're going to show a picture of the temple up here to kind of see the, the magnitude of this miracle. Hopefully we got the temple up there. Um, there it is. Oh, look at the size of that temple. So if we think about this, 
I, I almost look at the, the temple itself as, as the size of a football field. I just, just, you know, maybe even stretching out into to the, the stands. But then beyond that, Harold really wanted to expand this area, expand this marketplace because it was becoming very corrupt. And there was even this this area beyond the temple where all of these merchants would, would, would go ahead and set up these booths and, and sell these doves and the oxen and the sheep for, for these sacrifices. So now we have this massive area, but it got even bigger into what we, we, we called the court of the Gentiles. And even the priests were taking their business beyond the holy area into the court of Gentiles. And, and if you really start looking at the corruption, this became a massive profitable business that, you know, when, when I think about how it is spread into the quarter, the Gentiles, and I'm thinking, well, why are the Gentiles buying sheep and oxen and doves? Are they buying them to, to sacrifice to false idols? Are, are the priests that are in charge of God's house actually selling sacrifices to false gods? So if we look at this, this, this actually, when you dive deep into this, 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 this happens twice. It happens before he, he sees John the Baptist. And it happens again three years later. So even something like this happening twice where, where Jesus had to step into the house of God and drive everyone out. We know it's important that there had to be a transformation of the house of God. Because the house of God was a house of prayer. But it was no longer a house of prayer. It was a house of merchants. And even when, when Jesus said it the second time, three years later, before he was hung on that cross, he called them a den of thieves. So when we look at the magnitude, imagine one person looking at that picture, all these merchants, this must have been a massive, I don't know, I think they called them bazaars back then. With his words, he drove everyone out. So what was stopping him to driving everything evil out of Jerusalem? He could have easily done that, but that wasn't the purpose of his power. The purpose of his power was mercy. It was grace. It was to become that sacrifice for us to wash our sins away. That the house of God needed to change. It needed to change from this temple, this corruption to what we call today the church. A place of ministry where we have music ministry. We have discipleship. We have Sunday school. We have Wednesday night Bible studies. We have missionary work. All this stuff that instead of that money being used to, to line the pockets of the priests and the corrupt leaders of the church of that time. Now that money is being used to do God's work. And that was the purpose of this transformation of the church. Now, 
if we look at this power, and I'm going to go a little deeper into this power. If we turn to John chapter 18, we see the power of his voice happen again in verses 4 through 6. So John chapter 18, verses 4 through 6, when Judas betrayed Jesus. So if we look at verse 4, Jesus therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Who, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. The power of Jesus. Jesus made the choice to be captured. Jesus' power was great. But he became an example of how to be humble. How to do what is right, even though you have other choices. Now, looking at the power of Jesus and going back to our main scripture um, and how he created that, that cord and, and he drove all those people out. There's another part of this transformation. And that's the second part. The house of power. Now, in this first event, if we look back at that verse, he says, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Now, the transformation we see that he said it differently if we go to Luke chapter 19, verses 45 through 46. And we look at Luke's account of when Jesus cleansed the temple. He says, Then he went into the temple and began to drive those who bought and sold in it, saying to them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. So we see this transformation of my father's house to my house. That no longer we need a temple or sacrifice to pray to Jesus. We have the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus becomes the temple in which we pray to. Jesus becomes the head of his church. Now, when we, we look at his church, Jesus Christ is his church, we still struggle with the merchants, do we not? We might not see a bazaar outside of our, our church. We might not see all these booths and, and these animals being sold. But are merchants still preventing our children from coming to church? Are merchants still preventing our children from coming to church? 
Now, we could buy all kinds of things in this world. We could buy video games for our kids, and all of a sudden on Saturday night, they're playing until 5 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, and they're just too tired to come to church. Now, we love sports. And there used to be a time that, you know, there were so many Christians and a lot of sports were done through the church and we made it where we didn't have practice on Wednesdays. We didn't have games on Sundays. But because of this, oh, I spent all this money for all this gear and now they're having practice on Wednesday. I've invested too much in our children and now our children are not having the opportunity to come into the house of the Lord on Wednesday or come to worship on Sundays. I mean, we could go a little farther. Some of us, we buy these timeshares and we buy these elaborate cruises that all of a sudden that we're weeks away from the house of the Lord because of these things that we bought and we're missing an opportunity to be blessed within the house of the Lord. I know that we have the technology and I know that you could watch these recordings, but how many of you are actually watching the recordings on Sunday when you miss church? And we're wondering why our children are walking away from the church today. It seems like everything that we have purchased from these merchants, even though that Jesus has drove them away from his house, because we don't see these merchants in the parking lots of the churches in Robinson County. But we see these merchants on the internet. We see these merchants in Walmart. We see these merchants at, at the beach, in the mountains. That God, even though he cleared the path for all to come to his house. Because every time we walk into this house, we are growing closer to Jesus. We are learning. We are preparing for harder times that we may experience. We have the support of our brothers and sisters. We have fellowship. We have cookouts. We have homecomings. We have all these events to really to celebrate our Lord and Savior. To grow together. But some reason, we're allowing the world to distract us from what's truly important. Because everything in this world is only about a grain of sand in, our, in the whole scopes of everything. We're only here, some of us, maybe a few hours. Some of us, over a hundred years. We don't know. But I know this, that if we're going to build this strong foundation that starts first in the family, the ministry to our children, to our husbands, to our wives, to our siblings, to our parents, that's where the choices are made. Do we go on vacation on a Sunday or do we play ball on a Wednesday or do we come to church? It starts in our homes first. Now the next step, as we make that choice to come to the church, then it becomes our events. The things that we do within the house of the Lord. Do we value worship? Do we value our music? Do we practice to 
to do our very best for Jesus? Do we prepare lessons for Wednesday or Sunday school on Sundays? Do we open our church to the community with trunk or treat and minister to those that might be lost or those that might need a place to come and worship? And as we move farther into the next part, even though if we did all that, there's one more thing that could take our children from us to join us in the kingdom of heaven, and that is education. Is the education our students receiving support our beliefs within the Bible? And if we raise our children that way, then they will accept Jesus Christ into their homes and be baptized and become renewed as a new creation. But if we don't create that perfect house with Jesus as the cornerstone, as our family as the foundation, our church as the walls, and our education as that roof, then even if we let Jesus into the house, we might push him out through the ceiling, might push him out through the walls because we're not going to church. Um, It's something that's very important. So if we take this correction at that time, we see why it was important that God transforms that temple into the church that we have today. Because if he didn't do that, what was happening was that only the privilege, only certain people were allowed into the temple itself. They, it, it was segregated. We even had a section just for the Gentiles, the non-Jews. How was God's house going to be open for all when we're all God's creation? So we needed that change. And at that time, just like those vine dressers, those leaders of the church were corrupt and they were rejecting God's people to the opportunity to come into his house to pray to him. So he had to change the system from that system of making sacrifices of the Old Testament to a system that now we have an advocate, a father named Jesus Christ. Now, I'm wrapping up. I told you it wasn't going to be long. And I'm going to give the pastor opportunity to, to give the invitation. But I just want you to, to bow your heads and think about today's message. To think about all that scripture I read and the importance of the house of God. And I want you just to pray to, to give God the opportunity to spend more time with him in his home. And as you give that prayer, I'm going to ask our pastor to come forward and, and to give an invitation. And if, if you are lost and you want this foundation of a Christian family and you want these walls of the church to protect you, And when I get to that message on that roof of that 
education that you would receive on Wednesdays and Sunday mornings once we open up Sunday school to help your children find Jesus. And you don't even have that cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Today is the day that you can make him your cornerstone. You can make him your temple that you can pray to.